0: Hey everybody, welcome to Be Better Tomorrow. I'm your host, Jason Fisher, and as an extra special treat this month, I am also your guest. That's right, I'm interviewing myself. Well, not really. I'm just talking to you about one of my passions. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, and then I'm going to move right into my passion about public speaking and helping you to improve. A lot of people are terrified and don't know how to handle it. I'll help you with that. Don't know what to do and not do when you get up in front of folks? I can help you with that too. Anyway, it's one of my things. I love helping people find their voice. And since scheduling didn't work out with other guests this month, but will work out in the future, I want to go ahead and let you know how you can be a leader through speaking. Hey everybody, as you heard in the introduction, it's going to be a different episode. I'm going to be talking a little bit about myself. Schedules just didn't work out with some of the guests that I've got lined up for you, but I do have some really good ones in the pipeline, um, new folks that I'm meeting and learning about for the first time, and some old friends that I know have some great information for you. But you know what I thought would be good? I've been doing this podcast now for about six months, six or seven months, and I- realize that because I'm doing an interview-type podcast, you don't necessarily know a lot about me as a person if you're not one of my friends listening. And I'm actually getting to the point in this podcast where it's not all friends and family listening. So thank you for those who are sticking around and and listening loyally. And for those of you who uh, are my friends and family, thank you. You're not allowed to leave. You need to stay. There will be a quiz later. So my name is Jason Fisher. I have a background in a lot of different areas. I consider myself as you may have heard, depending on when I've talked about it, a multipotentialite, someone who has a lot of interest in a lot of different areas. Hopefully, uh, Emily Wapnick will be one of those people that I eventually get on my show. If anybody knows her, has a connection to her, let me know. She's, uh, she's on one of my white whale lists, as I call them, the people that I've known and followed for years that I really want to get a chance to interview because I think they'll be beneficial not only to myself, but to those of you out there who are listening. Anyway, I started this podcast Because I had success with Reading Radio. If you haven't checked out Reading Radio, it's a wonderful show hosted by an amazing young woman and her father. It is my daughter and I doing young adult fiction book club type reviews. So we get together. We have a group of people online that hopefully are reading the books with us, and we read young adult fiction, both past and present. We examine the books from her point of view, from my point of view, from just different areas. It's a great way to start a conversation with your kids. And because I'm reading the same books that she's reading and she's passionate about, there's usually something for us to talk about, even if mom and sis are sometimes left out. That's okay. We'll build relationships with them some other way. But anyway, had a lot of success with that show. and And, and it's kind of a test run for what I've wanted to do. I have a lot of background in speaking and presenting, teaching, facilitating. I am an award-winning speaker through Toastmasters International. I won their impromptu speaking contest a few years ago, which, as I like to say, makes me the best BS artist in the tri-state area. And unfortunately, that's as far as that contest went. Someday I hope to win the international speech contest, which will make me the world champion of public speaking. So that's in my long-term plans. I need to get back to working towards that. Anyway, I work at Centric Consulting. You may have picked that up listening to the show as I talk about various things. It's, it, it's a medium-sized national company that does business and technical consulting. So I get to do a lot, of, a lot of different things at different times, which works out really well for me, because as I said, I bounce around a lot. I had looked at my resume. I switched jobs over two and a half years. And so consulting works out pretty well for me to be able to get those different opportunities that I'm looking for. But one of the other things that I'm really passionate about is helping people to find their voice through speaking and presentation coaching. So I work with a small group inside of Centric, helping them to grow and learn uh, about public speaking and why it's important. Now, I, being passionate about it, think it's important for everybody. I think being able to present your message and your thoughts well in front of people builds credibility for yourself and for your message, whatever that is. Sometimes we know we have to go into meetings and sell, not maybe to sell the deal, to, to get the signature on the contract, but you're convincing people in your organization to do to decide to do a certain thing, to head in a certain direction. Being able to present your message with poise, with talent, with grace, all of those things makes you more credible. It just makes people more apt to believe you and listen to you and, and think that your ideas are, are worth it. Simple presentation skills are just good habits for when things don't go as expected as well. So how many times you've been in, in a meeting or something at work, somebody puts you on the spot, And suddenly now you feel like you have to say something and you're stammering and you're stuttering and now you're turning red and you're feeling nervous. Those things don't have to happen. I always say that you can't get better at speaking by thinking about it. You have to actually get repetitions. And what that does is build muscle memory just like anything else. Even now, as I'm talking to this microphone, I'm reminded about the feedback I get at Toastmasters about going too fast. When I get excited about something, I talk faster. And so my goal here is to find places to slow down and pause, to take a breath, and to use the skills that I've learned and t- built over years to present my message in a better way. And listen, people, speaking is leading. It's the slogan for our website, Jason R. Fisher. If you had a, had a chance to look at it, go check it out. Companies value and promote leaders. If you're out there drilling the message of the company home, if you are presenting in meetings, in Conferences or wherever, and you're presenting well, you'll be seen as a leader. I love public speaking as a way to promote yourself externally and internally as in an organization, because there's something about being on the stage or in front of people that automatically puts you in the default category of a leader. People talk a lot about being thought leaders, and you can write articles, and if those articles go out and, and a lot of people read them, that's one way to become a leader to become a thought leader. But another way is to stand in front of people and tell them what to think. And it's a great way to set yourself apart from the rest of the pack, learning how to do that well. Being a quality and engaging leader or speaker makes you memorable to yourself, to clients, to potential clients, potential employers. Listen, every interview is an impromptu public speaking contest, whether you like it or not. You're going to sit down with somebody and they're going to ask you questions. Some of them you're going to be prepared for the same ones you get asked all the time. Where do you see yourself in five years? How would you handle this particular thing? Have you dealt with difficult people in the past? We all know those questions are coming. But occasionally, you get thrown a question that you're not prepared for. And being able to respond quickly and handle that question, knock it out of the park, sets you way apart from everybody else. And being able to be relaxed as you do it. A lot of people go into interviews, and they're nervous, they're tense. I find that when I'm most relaxed, honestly, when I least care about the outcome of the interview is when I do my best, because I can let my personality shine through and people wanna see who you are. They wanna know who they're gonna be working with next week if they hire you. And if the person you're presenting in the interview isn't the person that you'll present in a week when you're actually on the job and hired, it's a disappointment and it can just lead to issues. Now, why would you need a public speaking coach? I'm gonna take a few seconds to push my, to push myself on this and I'm gonna just go into a little delivery on how to get started. Coaching builds your confidence and your ability to deliver the message you wanna deliver. If there's a message you want to deliver, a coach is a great way to help you get started figuring out what that even looks like. What way do you want to deliver? How do you want to go about it? Should you be funny? Should you be serious? Where do you tell stories? What stories do you tell? What do you trim down? What are the main points? We can help focus all that. There's really three categories for public speaking coaches. One is on the content itself. Uh, If you listen to my interview with Damien Sinodinos, he's good at uh, helping people trim down Their decks. He's he's hand drawn decks for people because he's an artist and he's helped people in that area. There's people who help with delivery. Damon can probably help with that as well. This is these are the two areas that I really strive for. Um, I can help you figure out what your content is and deliver it more effectively. And there's a third piece to that. Probably my the weakest area if I had to pick one. And it's about how to get out there and find places to speak. How do you get that? How do you land the gig? How do you get out there and get your name known? Those kind of pieces. But there are there are coaches out there for that. Coaches will help you see yourself as others see you. Oftentimes, we'll do something and we'll think we did a horrible job and it turns out it was fine. It was, it was great. Uh, we're just too hard on ourselves or the opposite is true. I've, I've had a lot of people with a lot of confidence and I have a lot of issues that we need to work through and without that humility, it's difficult to come to somebody and say, can you give me some feedback and help help me figure out how to improve? You can't improve without feedback and you can't get feedback without humility and a coach can do that in a non threatening, safe environment where you can get what you're looking for and get better. Listen, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, LeBron James all have one thing in common they have coaches. They have somebody there talking to them about technique, observing from the, outside, from the outside, and giving them a little something to improve on or giving them a different perspective on what they can do. I've been doing this for 25, almost 30 years of different stage experiences, depending on what you count, as an actor, as a pastor. As a teacher, as a consultant, I love to be in front of people and talk. I love to help people learn new topics, whether I'm talking about personal finance and teaching those concepts, whether I was giving you know, a biblical message from a, from a pulpit. All these skills can tie together in various ways, and they all have different aspects to look at them. If you're looking for a coach, I'm the guy that you can look to. Uh, check me out at jasonrfisher.com, and then I'm just gonna give you a quick run-through of things to consider when you're looking at figuring out how to speak in front of people. All right, so whether it's starting your side hustle, getting that business started that you've always wanted to do, or simply having an online resume for yourself, you need a website. Something simple, something clean, something that people can find when they look for you. You don't want them to find your Twitter account, your Instagram account, or anything else like that. You want them to find what you want to be shown. That's why I suggest DreamHost for all of your hosting needs. I've used DreamHost for 10 years. They've got awesome plans and great little techniques that will help get you started, including one-click installs of the web's most popular software, WordPress. WordPress powers 30% of the internet, if not more. I use it for all of my sites. You can see it in the footer or the bottom of my sites. It's easy to get started. It walks you right through. Perfect setup for exactly what you need. If you go over to BeBetterTomorrow.com support, click on the link there for DreamHost. You help support the show while getting the website that you need. All right, back to the show. The number one thing I hear is I, I'm terrified. I'm nervous. Listen, everybody is. That's the big secret. If you're not nervous, if you don't get those butterflies or that excited feeling in your stomach, it's because you don't care. And if you don't care, you shouldn't be doing this in the first place. I tell my daughter all the time, the only difference between Nervousness and excitement is your expected outcome. If you're nervous, it's because you expect a negative outcome. If you're excited, it's because you expect a positive outcome. But nervousness and excitedness feel the exact same way in your belly. So what you're he- feeling is fear, and interpreting as fear, because you've been told to fear this thing called public speaking, it may just be because you're excited and you have a message to deliver and you want to get out there and make it happen. What you need to do first is put yourself in your audience's shoes. Who are they? Age range, educational background, technical understanding if you're doing a technical talk. Figure out who you're talking to and and figure out what information you have that they don't. Oftentimes, not always, especially in our big divided world, but the reason people would disagree with you is because you have information that they don't. I cannot tell you how many fights I've had with my wife to only get to the end for her to say something brand new to me. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know that. If I'd have known that, we could have saved this whole conversation. It would have been much easier. Finding out early on what the information somebody else has that you don't can help you communicate your thoughts and ideas better. Thinking about that, even processing through that of, okay, so what have I learned doing this that I didn't know in the beginning, or that maybe these people that I'm talking to don't know and understand. And then how do I communicate that information effectively so that they can get on the same page and we can move forward? Well, it's the same thing you got when you got through middle school, or elementary, well middle school, is probably when you started writing essays. You're g- gonna build an introduction, a body, and a conclusion. Now, you're gonna have to figure out what the idea of why you're doing this speech. Is It is it just to inform somebody, is it to inspire them? to entertain them, to persuade them. What are the different concepts that you like There's different speeches for different purposes. Obviously, I have a dream. Martin Luther King was meant to inspire a nation, not to entertain, perhaps to persuade, but I think a little bit more to to inspire. Whereas a State of Union address is more of an informational speech, a little bit of inspiration, a little more information, maybe some entertainment, um, just because we live in a TV culture, but probably not mostly to that point. If you're somebody who wants to inspire people to pursue the goal that you pursued, uh, weight loss, for example, you want to inspire other people that they can do the same thing, but you also want to inform them on the ways to go about it, well, then your message is going to take a different form. But at the same time, you're going to have those three phases in your introduction. You're going to grab their attention. The biggest enemy of public speakers today, all of us, is in the pocket of our audience. You've got about 30 seconds to get my attention and engage me in some way before I pull out my phone and start playing StarCraft or uh, whatever game is hot at the time in my brain. I've been in dark kind of auditoriums before, and you just watch it. Lights start lighting up. And you, 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 you you tell yourself, I hope they're taking notes. You want to believe they're taking notes, but odds are you've just lost them. You're not as engaging as you thought you were. Doesn't matter. Push through because people do have some degree of attention going back and forth. And oftentimes when you say something that is attention grabbing, you'll be able to pull them right back in. In your body, you're going to make your points. In this process, you do want to kind of label the thoughts that you're having. Uh, People are maybe taking notes, but if they're not, their brain still needs help digesting the information. Tom Henschel has a, a method he calls sorting and labeling. And I think it is incredibly important I use his example because he's just a great communicator, a great podcaster, and a great teacher, but I've used the same kind of process. You have to tell people how to interpret the information you're giving them. So it's often helpful to say, these are the three points about why you should lose weight. These are the four ways that I'm gonna tell you to make it easy to lose weight without doing a whole lot extra. Giving those numbers helps people to sort the information that you're giving them. So if I was writing an outline, you've done that outline work for me, so I don't have to think about what you're saying. I don't have to think about how to process the information. You're doing that for me verbally, and it makes it much easier for the brain to digest. I don't get, my brain doesn't get as tired. I don't have to think as hard. I can just focus on what your message is and what you have to say. And let me give you some introductory uh, tips, quick hits that you can take away if you do have something coming up or you're interested in it. Ask a question. It's a great way to introduce a topic or grab people's attention up front. Ask a strange question. Um, Ask something that really doesn't have anything to do with your topic even, as long as it it gets people engaged. Or make a startling statement. You've probably seen people get up and uh, one in five children will go to bed hungry tonight in our city. Can we we allow this to happen? Something that grabs people's attention or what I really love to do is to make a connection with a good story. Now, storytelling has, could be an entirely separate topic because there's a, there's a real art to storytelling the right way so that I'm not just telling my story, but I'm telling our story. One of the big things on that is is the right amount of detail. If I tell you about uh, my dad and I start telling a story about the things my dad used to say to me, you may start putting yourself in that same seat picturing your father. And so th- we've now created that bond. But if I then tell you about my dad's artificial eye, well... That probably eliminates your dad from the picture, and now the connection is not quite as strong. That's a side note, but make a connection by telling a story that that brings people together, something that's common that also has to do with uh, the topic at hand or something that's going to embolden uh, your message because people won't remember the facts. They won't remember the numbers, but they will remember the story. I worked with a group a while back that they worked with hungry students, which is why some of these examples are on my mind. And so what I said is, look, you can talk about how many kids go hungry. You can talk about how much it would cost to do that. But what you do is you tell the story of Ella. Ella is one girl who was helped by your program. Ella was going to bed hungry at night. And so now Ella is able to do better in school. Her grade point average went up. And I'm not saying you make these, this up. You have to find somebody whose story can be used to tell the overall story that you're trying to accomplish. Anyway, I, again, I said storytelling could be its own podcast, and maybe I'll do that someday later. Um, just not going to do it right now, because I just want to do an overview. After you've got um, people's attention introduction, let me give you a few don'ts. These things just are my pet peeves. I don't have scientific data to back it up, which goes against some of my principles, but still, don't complain. How many? I, I can't tell you how many times... I've just sat down in a meeting or in a conference and somebody complains about the food or complains about this thing or the other. I don't want to be reminded of the negative things happening. The food could be the worst food on the face of the planet. But when you start complaining about the food, it ties the complaint not to the food and the food prep. It ties the complaint to you. It puts you in a negative light of complaining and, and associates you with that negative experience. And you don't want that. Don't acknowledge preparation, or trouble. Go into a meeting and say, hey guys, I'm sorry I didn't have a whole lot of time to put this together, or I'm sorry you have to listen to me. Don't. Just don't. If you're not worth listening to, cancel the meeting, send out the deck, and just give me the information. Don't waste my time. Nobody wants to be in meetings. So if you want to present and you want to do it well, just do it. Prepare well so you won't have anything to complain about, or Don't acknowledge it because odds are you're not going to do that bad and no one's going to notice that you didn't do any prep. You're just couching it for when you do bad and you have an excuse. Just don't do that. Don't bury the lead is a a big point. A lot of people start talking and ramble. Your introduction, I'm not a big memorizer. I don't think you should memorize most of what you say. You should know your points and you should talk just like you talk to a friend so you can be authentic, casual, and transparent. But if you bury the lead... What will end up happening is you just get people get lost. They don't know how to process what's going on. And then you're going to come back around to it. And it's going to be harder to grab their attention. And of course, the big one, which is going to be difficult, people will complain that it's not possible. Don't let the nerves overwhelm you. I'm going to teach you one way to prevent that from happening. And I hope you hope that the microphone can pick it up. Ready? <sighs> Catch that. Just take a breath. A deep breath will help to eliminate the nerves, it'll let you focus, and that you jump back in on what you're talking about. No one wants to see you fail. Unless you're in some sort of weird, toxic environment, in which case, get a new job. Nobody wants to see you fail when you're standing up in front of people. It is awkward and painful, and the, I forget what the German word is for it, but most of us don't have the thing where we love to see someone get hurt and fail in person. We wanna see people succeed. So as I said, in the body of your presentation, you're gonna find your voice. Figure out how to be you and don't try to be somebody else when you give your presentation. Slow down and use those pregnant pauses. Pauses are like punctuation in your speech, and it helps us to understand what you're saying. i read a fiction book a while back where a certain race of mythological creatures talked really fast, and to simulate that, they wrote everything together, no spaces, no punctuation, and you had to read through it and interpret what was being said. It was a nightmare I get what they're trying to accomplish, but a nightmare when you're running your mouth fast same thing is happening it's a nightmare for people to try to digest what's going on so what you do is you allow those pauses that emphasize your points you know smile a little bit while you're going through it try to make it as authentic as possible um, you have to learn how to smile with your eyes a lot of people can smile with their teeth or their mouth but it never reaches their eyes and uh, I think it's called the Duchenne or Duchenne smile. Psychologists did some studies on that and how people can, can find out whether your smile is real or, or not by doing that. You can practice it and make it work. But that's the only gesture you should really practice. If you're a hand talker, let you know try to keep them under control, but don't practice hand motions. It it doesn't do well timing-wise. It actually makes it look robotic. Uh, and as I said before, I, I don't memorize. I familiarize myself with what I want to say. I usually run through my speeches several times different every time because I don't memorize and I don't write everything down. And that's my style. That way I know the topics. I know the points. I know the stories I can use. And I'll, I'll look at the audience and kind of evaluate what's going on, seeing what's hidden, what's not. And I'll uh, kind of do it on the fly, but I know my content. I know what I'm going to say. I've done it you a know, hundred times and that makes it a lot easier to go through, you know, and for the end, when you're looking to bring things together and achieve closure, now, some of the same introductions can be used at the end, asking an impactful question. You want to make closure, repeat what you said, make sure your points were clear. Uh, do something that refers back to the beginning of your speech. If you started, maybe you start a story and, you, and then you end the story at the end, or maybe refer back to the quote. You can tell a story at the end to kind of pull the whole thing together. These are all great ways to close it out. But what you want to do is just make sure that you are re-emphasizing those points and pulling the whole thing together. You're not taking away from your whole presentation at the end by doing something else. Of course, the big things for don'ts on the end and overall speech, just don't go over time. Somebody planned that meeting. Somebody planned that conference. They've got a schedule. Stick to it or you won't be asked back. Uh, maybe that's your goal. So if, in that case, go over time once and see what happens. Or uh, don't add topics on the fly if you're not prepared and a, like kind of a higher level speaker. Uh, what happens is you just get yourself lost and you don't have a good way to loop back to your original topics. It's just a bad practice to get into. Um, And so get some solid practice and feedback. If you want to improve as a speaker, the only way to do it is to go out there and just do it. Take every opportunity. If you've got a weekly meeting, ask your boss what you can present. Um, If you've got a project coming up, ask to present the closing. Um, Ask to do a post-mortem for your your project. Um, Just find opportunities. Do the announcements at church. Stand up in front of your Girl Scout troop and do announcements. Just something to get the opportunity to be in front of people and speaking. Toastmasters, you've heard me talk about it, If you've listened to the show, is a great organization for just that. It gives you the opportunity to speak about whatever topic you want in front of people who will give you some positive feedback. Or, of course, contact me, get some coaching, and we can work on that. So this is Be Better Tomorrow. I'm hoping that this podcast will help you to improve just as much as my other guests did. And although I didn't expect to, I think uh, it's only fair that I ask myself the same question I ask all of my guests, what am I doing to improve and be better tomorrow? And I'm looking at getting some professional training in August in, around my job, which will be kind of interesting, but I'm also looking at getting certified through the International Coaches Federation on called general life coaching, probably going to do more of a focus on career coaching. That's what I do more here with Be Better Tomorrow. So I'll be learning from some professionals in that environment and getting better and improving. And hopefully through that, I will be better tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a production of Be Better Tomorrow brought to you by FF4 Media. The music that you're hearing is District 4 by Kevin MacLeod of Income Tech used under the Creative Commons license, as is Be Better Tomorrow. So you can use any part of this you want as long as you give me credit. I don't care. Along with that, I ask you to go over to BeBetterTomorrow.com, subscribe to our newsletter so we can get you the best tips that are not only from the show, but other articles and things that I'm writing up to help us all improve. Until then, I hope you'll be better tomorrow.